What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 15, a long-awaited episode here of uh, Calling All Craft Beer. I am Luke. I'm your host. And uh, to you guys out there that have been waiting for the next episode, I apologize. Last few weeks have been a little crazy for me. And um, as I sit here and enjoy this, uh, it's called Juice Above the Clouds from Altamont Beer Works. One of my favorite things about this can is it says, make beer clear again. <laughs> um, I love it. And it is absolutely amazing. It is a double IPA, um, 9% ABV, and uh, out of California from my good buddy Drew over there. Pretzel Pros. Thank you, my brother. Um, to be honest, I've had a lot of uh, digestive issues going on the last few weeks, and I haven't really been having too much beer. I've been having maybe one, you know, every once in a while, but... Um, normally, uh, you know, Drew sent me over a, a nice little porch bomb for my birthday, you know, about seven beers. Normally, they'd be gone by now. And um, I've been, you know, just pacing myself and trying to get my uh, stomach back together because it just hasn't has not been fun, to say the least. So it's been slightly frustrating. And um, it's been, how can I put it? Um, <laughs> embarrassing at times, I guess is uh, the best way to put it. So it's definitely not something that I would wish on anybody. And I really don't know what the real issue has been. Um, I just know that I got something going on in my stomach and it's finally seeming like it's correcting itself. So I don't know if it's just a diet adjustment or what's going on, but because I have definitely made some adjustments to my diet um, here in the beginning of the new year and, uh, so it's been a little bit crazy, but um, I appreciate everybody who's out there waiting for the show, and I'm excited to get another one and get another one going. So let's dive into this bad boy here. Juice Above the Clouds, Altamont Beer Works, double IPA, 9%, as I stated before. Nice and clear IPA. <laughs> In my computer light, it even looks a little green, which is wild. Um, very nice, piney, hoppy aroma. Um And it just goes down nice and smooth, man. This is a uh, very traditional, you know, what I would remember kind of from IPAs of old. And uh, very much enjoyable. I'm liking it a lot. Um, I'm taking a look here. It, is, it has a softness to it. And uh, it's 100% mosaic hops, which is kind of what I was getting from it, which is pretty cool. And... Um, it's not overly bitter, but it has a uh, nice little little snap to it, but nothing too crazy. And it's just really delicious. I'm enjoying this, you know, wholeheartedly. So Drew actually sent me out a um, a couple good ones that I'm, I, I have a bomb atomically from Monkish that I've been sitting on. And um, one other stout that I can't think of off top of, top of my head that I will review on the next show that he sent me. Um, but man, that's good. I'm definitely enjoying that. And um, <clears throat> the other one he sent me from Altamont Beer Works was Hella Hoppy, which is fantastic. It's another double IPA. It was another nine percenter. And um, man, just the only difference between this one and that one, I would say, is the other one um, 
little bit different hop, so it had a little bit more tropical notes to it. Um, and it was a little hazy, so had a juiciness to it, but it was a very good brew overall. I really, really enjoyed that one. And then um, the last one that I tore into just the other day, he also sent me a stout from El Segundo Beer Works. I mean, El Segundo Brewing, which I need to look that. Just remember the name off the top of my head real quick. And But it was absolutely enjoyable. And probably... The killer one so far has been Three-Nager from uh, Indie Brewing Company, which was, they just had their three-year anniversary, and it was their, I want to call it kind of like the signature beer from the three-year anniversary, and um, I was thrilled that he sent me this, and dude, this thing was just tropical, it was a killer, I mean, pineapple, mango, all kinds of crazy flavors, just absolutely amazing, you know, slightly on the hazy side, and uh 8% ABV, just a really, really good, enjoyable brew. I I crushed it. I mean, that was genuinely one of my favorite IPAs I've had in a while. And uh, the barrel-aged stout that he sent me was called Standard Crude from El Segundo. Just a phenomenal um, imperial stout. Um, 9.6%, I believe. And I just enjoyed it. You know, it was was one of those... (sighs) As it got warmer, it uh, some notes came out. I got a little bit of chocolate, got a little bit, you know, obviously a little bit of adjunct coffee flavor. Um, and of course, you know, the bourbon from the barrel aged from the bourbon barrels. And it was just a nice, complete stout, you know, um, nothing super crazy, nothing that uh, I would have went like nuts over, but fantastic. You know, it's you have those like beers that are good then you have beers that are kind of normal in comparison to a lot of others then you have great beers then you have just like phenomenal beers and I would definitely put every single one that Drew sent me in that you know great category um now I would venture to put three major up there uh getting towards that wow category because it was just so tropical just so delicious it was one of those just bomb crushable like IPAs that you would could just toss them back all day long really enjoyable I liked it a lot and I'm super thankful dude sent me over this uh unexpected bomb for my birthday with a cool card attached some stickers and all kinds of cool stuff so um I really 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 appreciated it can't wait to actually get to hang out with the dude in person and pound some beers back together and eat some pretzels so that's uh really something that I'm looking forward to Last week, um, I actually took a trip to Dallas, went to go see one of my buddies down there, and um, one of the key pieces to my trip was supposed to be a trip to Turning Point, and it just ended up being about an hour, depending on traffic, an hour and 30 minute drive from where I actually was staying, so I could just never pull away long enough to, to give up that two to three hour drive to get there and get back. And I was so bummed because I have some buddies that I had a um, one in particular um, and uh, Andrew up in Chicago that I was really hoping to send some turning point stuff up to him. But the cool thing is that I got hooked up with Alan Ladd, who's a buddy on Craft Brew Junkies on Facebook. And he is actually going to uh, pick up some stuff from Turning Point and send it out to me. So I'm going to get a list together and shoot that over to him and send him some dollar bills and get that going. So it's pretty cool. And um, 
I want to talk a little bit about the United States Postal Service. <laughs> um, I am genuinely frustrated because, you know, this all... Let me let me backtrack a little bit. So, um, <clears throat> I have shipped a lot of beer, right? And pretty much always use the Postal Service. Now, once in a blue moon, if I wanted to get there a little bit faster, I'll do FedEx or something like that. But... Um, typically it's USPS and it's in the flat rate boxes, which are what most, um, beer traders and people like that ship in. Haven't had any issues until recently. Um, on February 8th, I shipped out five packages, right? To, um, multiple different places around the United States. The funny thing about that is on the very same day, we actually got a, some packages sent out for a job that I was doing, um, A freelance video adventure that uh, I was doing for a buddy of mine. That's actually why I went down to Texas. And um, <clears throat> there was, he had some new clothing coming out for his um, company that he owns. And he wanted to do some video and some photos with the new apparel so that he could put it on his website and show it to uh, people and, you know, get, use that as the, the product photos so people could purchase. So there was, a, there was three boxes that were shipped out. Two tiny ones and a 50-pound massive one that had, like, everything for the photo shoot in it. Everything went out on Friday the 8th, except for one of those little boxes actually went out on Saturday the 9th. So on Monday the 11th, both small boxes arrived. Yippee-ki-yay. All right, maybe the 50-pounder will show up on Tuesday. No big deal. Photo shoot was scheduled for Wednesday um, the 13th, which actually, funny enough, happens to be my... My oldest daughter's uh, 18th birthday as well. So, um, 11th, it doesn't show up. 12th, it doesn't show up. So, we're getting anxious at this point. So, now the 12th is here, and it's like, all right, let's flip-flop the days. Because the plan originally was to do photo shoot on the 13th, and then do videos on the 14th. But we didn't necessarily need the apparel for the videos we could kind of do without because there was some other stuff that was going on with that so we did that we flip-flopped the days got the videos all banged out on the 13th hoping and praying that the clothes would show up at some point on the 13th and no such luck now mind you all these packages were guaranteed by the 11th now we're on the 14th no apparel 15th no apparel (laughs) Everything finally shows up on the 16th, and at this point, everybody's now gone home. Mind you, you know, my buddy who owns this company actually flew these people in, had his team there set up and ready to go to do this, these photos and videos, and everybody went home, and then everything shows up. So, you talk to the USPS, and, oh, there's nothing we can do, you know, we can refund the shipping, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know, I mean, for me, it was helping out a friend, kind of got a free trip to go, you know, um, spend some time down there and just direct some things for him and help him out. You know, it wasn't a, wasn't a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, wasn't a, you know, trip that I went down expecting compensation, literally just helping a buddy out. And, um, but I wanted to get it done for him and take care of it. I'm not one that likes to let anything be 
done half-assed or anything like that. So it was very frustrating that that stuff didn't arrive. We ended up making the best out of it anyway, and I ended up working with the videographer, photographer, and getting a bunch of cool shots for him, making sure that he had what he needed, and kind of helping the team direct through those two days, which was awesome. But that was my first round and battle with USPS. So mind you, February 8th, same day all these other stuff were shipped out, um, I shipped out five porch bombs, okay? It is now the 21st. And as of the 21st, I've only gotten confirmation that two have been delivered. And crappy enough, I was in a rush and I was trying to get all my stuff together and I just shoved the receipt in my pocket, you know, never having had an issue before, it wasn't a big deal. And now I can't find the damn thing. I'm sure it's probably was in the pocket of one of my shorts and got washed or something like that. Who the heck knows? So I don't even have tracking numbers to track this damn stuff. And I feel like an idiot because I am not one to like to let people down. So now here I am, you know, redoing bombs over again to, to get shipped out to these people who haven't received their stuff yet. And I pray, I mean, hopefully um, they just end up getting two. And if that's the case, then, hey, you know, um, <clears throat> beer gods have spoken and some people are going to get some some cool beer blessings, which is fantastic. But if it doesn't work out that way, I will be pissed if I get back some smashed up boxes, you know, and I have noticed some people who frequent USPS for beer shipping as well. A lot of people I know have actually received back damaged parcels recently. And with the way I package everything, I don't know. I mean, the only way that that something could get damaged to the point of liquid leaking or anything like that, in my opinion, would be if like a box got crushed under a heavier box or something like that and it wasn't supposed to be underneath that. But I also, I always make sure to mark my boxes as fragile, you know, um, and I always tell them it's hot sauce and, you know, all that good stuff like, you know, typically beer shippers do. So to those of you out there who have not received your porch bombs yet, I'm sorry. Um, and I will make sure to get those out um, and tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, Fridays, I'm not going to wait till next week. I'm going to get everything out tomorrow to make sure you guys are all taken care of. So it's just frustrating to me because, you know, we spend a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of money. And for someone like me, you know, you guys might be surprised to know, (laughs) but I do not have a fridge full of beer. I don't have a beer fridge. I don't have, you know, a ton of beer on hand at all times. It's just not, conducive to where I live and, and, and my space and, you know, uh, having a family, you know, three girls and a wife. I mean, there's a lot of us in here and I just don't, you know, I don't own a home. I live in an apartment, so I don't have a lot of storage space. I don't have things like that where I can just keep a ton of beer. So I typically have on average 12 to 15 cans or bottles on hand at a time. Sometimes a little bit more. It just depends on what's come in or what I've picked up that may be going out. But usually if I have anything more than that, it's because it's going out almost immediately. So it's, you know, a lot of you guys that listen, may listen to the show or that are involved in, you know, craft beer in general. I mean, I've seen some collections from people that are just unbelievable. I mean, you know, some people have multiple fridges in their house filled to the brim with beer. I wish, (laughs) you know what I mean? So when I do this, I mean, it takes time for me to get to roll out there you know, we're talking hours out of days, going to different breweries, picking up brews for, for buds, you know, and for uh, for beer trade buddies to get this done. So it's a lot of time, gas, effort, energy. And I know you guys understand because I'm sure there's plenty of you out there that do the same thing. But 
So it's frustrating when somebody doesn't receive a package and you end up having to, you know, to send a double out or do something like that, especially on something, you know, one of the things that, that bummed me out the most is that, you know, uh, Chris out in um, California, the guy who actually sent me the Phoenix Tears, which I was, oh, you know, immensely grateful for. There's a couple cans that were in his package that I can't replace. They're no longer made. They're not here. They were a one-time release and they're gone. And I've tried to find a couple more around local and nobody seems to have any. So I'm going to have to, you know, figure something out and change up my plans, which he's okay with that. Cause he, there was only one bottle specifically that he was expecting back, which was the maple bacon coffee porter, which is not an issue. I have a few of those laying around, but, um, these cans were important to me because there were certain things that I like to get out to people from specific breweries that I like in South Florida. And that was an important piece of that package that may or may not, you know, arrive or end up the one thing I could hope I could hope for the fact that maybe if the bottle that was in there did get damaged and it leaked in the thing and they sent it back, maybe the cans are still okay and I can send them to them again. I don't know, but I don't, a lot of times I don't like taking a chance like that either. Cause if a package is damaged, you never know, you know, the cans could be, flavor could be messed up you know who knows i just don't you know i don't always like taking chances like that so but it's frustrating and shipping you know i mean we all know dude i'm guarantee anybody the crazy thing is is that i've only received one damaged shipment back ever and i've sent over 100 porch bombs out um as far as i know as far as i can remember so it's um <clears throat> probably maybe even more than that but and i've only ever received one back damage so this is a uh you know, frustration to say the least, but I'll make sure everybody gets taken care of and keep pushing forward to keep those beer trades rolling and, and, and going. And, um, <clears throat> but what's cool when I went to Texas, I met up with a buddy of mine. Um, his name is David. He's actually the guy who sent me the Z chiller. So if you guys remember back from one of the previous episodes, I talked a little bit about the work chiller, um, that he actually developed the company that he works for is actually the company that designed it. It was a project that he was on and he is actually the one who engineered and designed the Z chiller. And I have it sitting in my closet right now waiting to become part of my homebrew setup, which is fantastic. But even more so, you know, David's a good friend that I've known long before the Z chiller. Um, you know, in terms of our personal friendship, the Z chiller was something that just kind of came about over our love for beer over the last six months. <clears throat> but I've you know known the guy for a while. And um, it's been it was an incredible experience to be able to to head over there and hang out with him and his wife for dinner. And I actually, uh, what did I have at dinner? I had a deep Ellum, which is an IPA out of Texas. And I can't remember the name of the brewery, but it was a pretty damn good, just standard IPA. And then I had a, um, I actually had BJ's brew house, their barrel aged Tatanka stout, which was absolutely friggin' delicious. You know, I was like, all right, this is, this is a kick-ass stout, you know, 9.8% ABV. Um, so it was a nice, you know, hearty stout, um, very much a junk coffee flavor. I mean, it wasn't had a, and, um, back with bourbon, but it wasn't a, wasn't anything super crazy special, you know, but it, but it was a damn good stout considering it was like six bucks at BJ's. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. I was happy for that. And uh, I didn't have any other beers on the trip because there was no point. And like I said, I was having some stomach issues, so I didn't make it out to turning point. But <clears throat> I'm going to hit this juice one more time real quick. I got to kind of down this and get it out of the way. 
That's good. So, but to kind of touch on what I have left of Drew's package, I have a Smog City, the Nothing, double chocolate imperial stout, and I have that Bomb Atomically from Monkish that are the two that are left that uh, I need to finish out of that batch. And I am sincerely looking forward to it. So, <clears throat> it's been, uh, it's definitely been a little, you know, with between the gut issues and having, being frustrated with the way I've been feeling, um, trying to get back on the health wagon, you know, I mean, I don't know how much in depth I've gone, I don't remember if I've even talked too much, I believe I have mentioned my health and, you know, the weight gain and stuff like that, um, on previous episodes, but back in September, I was probably in close to the best shape I've ever been in, you know, I am a big dude, I am, you know, between 5'9 and 5'10, typically walk around 280, 290 pounds, um, I am, you know, fat, but muscular, so it's, uh, you know, ex-power lifter, you know, stuff like that, so, um, back in September, I was about 260 pounds, um, under 20% body fat. And if you guys know for a build like mine at 260 pounds to be probably somewhere around 16 to 17% body fat, I had the top abs coming in, you know, the second, the, the, the two, the four pack was starting to show a little bit, still didn't have any lower abs, but I was definitely getting some ab definition going on and, um, was feeling good. You know, I was in great shape. Um, probably feeling the best I had felt in a long time. And, uh, then I lost my job. And when I lost my job, it, uh, you know, I, I just fell off the wagon. You know, I, uh, I lost my love for training. I lost, you know, training was a love of mine. I mean, I literally would train six to seven, six, five to six days a week, um, in the gym seven days, but typically the seventh day was usually just some type of cardio. Um, my diet was 90% on point and, um, I was just enjoying life and doing what I loved lifting heavy strength was huge you know vascularity was crazy I was just feeling really good and I was just happy about the way things were going and um then I lost my job and when I lost my job and the stress and anxiety and frustration from all that I just started eating (laughs) you know I mean for lack of a better reason or reality that's the honest to goodness truth I just I mean, anything I could put in my mouth, I did, and it was always crap, chips, cookies, ice cream, candy. I'm a sweetaholic, and I I do like my uh, savory flavors as well, but if I had to pick between the two, sweets are probably my my killer. Between sweets and beer, um, those are the two things that really just, like, crush me. So beer drinking obviously went up. That's actually during the time that I started the podcast, and then... um, my ingestion of just snacks and junk food and things like that went through the roof coupled with you know weeks of maybe hitting the gym once or twice you know whatever but regardless on December 14th I I had started having some issues with my blood pressure and my father and I was helping my father-in-law out a lot because he was he actually had a back injury that had him in a wheelchair and he was out of work for almost four months, which was crazy because it was almost the exact same amount of time that I was out of work. We were out of work almost together. And I kind of became his personal assistant, his chauffeur. I was taking him around to his doctor's appointments and stuff like that. And he has a, he's been suffering with high blood pressure for a lot of years. And he has a blood pressure machine in his house. 
So every time I would go there, I would check my blood pressure and it was hovering, you know, 150 over 90, 150 over 85, which is super high for me. I mean, even in years back of steroid use and things like that, um, my blood pressure was never, you know, irregular. It was always 118 over 75, you know, 120 over 80 at the max. So granted, I've gotten older. I mean, I'm 39 years old now. So, but the rapid weight gain, I gained about 40 pounds, probably realistically in about two months time. So like October, November, um, I gained about 40 pounds and, uh, it was frustrating, you know what I mean? To say the least. So started having some issues with the BP and, um, actually went to go see the doctor on December 14th and was put on blood pressure medication. So that was like a kick in the face, you know, to me, like, that's not anything that I ever thought that I would have to do. It's not something that I was looking forward to. And, um, it took about a month for that to really sink in and for me to, to, um, just start to kind of want to have that desire to change. So it wasn't a new year's resolution. It wasn't one of those things where it was like, all right, new year, new me, January 1st, here I come. It wasn't like that. It was more like the end to the middle of Jan- middle to the end of January, where I really kind of grabbed everything by the horns and started making the plan to get back on the wagon. And last few weeks, you know, things have been better. I've been training, I've been doing cardio, definitely feel better. But like I said, the change in my diet, I think um, anytime you make a significant change to your diet and you start eliminating things that your body had become used to or vice versa, um, you start having dietary issues, you start having issues with your digestion and things like that. And I think that's probably what I kind of went through. I got to a point where I was probably, you know, I would have diarrhea every day and it was just ridiculous and it was frustrating and I just cut back on the beer drinking and everything and just really tried to focus on just what we consider like baby food diet, you know, rice, bread, um, potatoes, you know, things like that, that are just soft, easy to digest foods, hoping that it's going to make and help the digestion out. And, um, it's gotten better. So hence the reason why I'm enjoying this brew tonight and recording this podcast with you guys. Uh, so but been, I have not weighed myself. I definitely noticed a huge difference. I woke up this morning and my stomach was flat again. Um, I'm sure I'm still, I'm, I would imagine that I probably lost about 10 pounds. I, at my worst, I was back up over 300. And um, I think when I really started making some changes to my diet without really hitting the gym again, I had already probably lost five to 10 pounds. So it's probably back down to the 290, 292 area. And I have a feeling that right now I'm probably sitting somewhere around 285, 283, you know, something like that. Just by the way, my body looks in the mirror. I mean, even when I was training today, um, I noticed vascularity coming back that wasn't there before in my triceps and my forearms and stuff like that. And I know this isn't a, a fitness podcast, so I'm not trying to bore you guys with fitness details, but, um, I just want you to kind of, you know, understand like that there is a, sacrifice, you know, that come, if you want to be able to enjoy your life in moderation and be able to have things like beer and, you know, craft beers are, are 
tough. You know, what I mean by that is that they're very higher alcohol beer is always going to be higher in calorie content. So this one right here, I actually looked up this Altamont Beer Works um, Juice Above the Clouds. This is 330 calories, you know, so one beer is 330 calories. And how many of you guys out there can easily have three of these, four of these in one night? I typically don't. I have had them. You guys have heard me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but typically my my limit is two per night is what I'll, is what I'll do. But even, even then, imagine if I had two of these exact same beers, it's 660 calories. It's a lot of calories. You know what I mean? And especially for some of you guys out there that may only be able to eat 2,500 calories a day without gaining weight. 660 calories is almost, you know, is a quarter, essentially, of what you're allowed to eat for the entire day. Now, that's not quite that for me. My caloric intake is around 4,000 to 4,500 calories, even while losing weight uh, because of my muscle mass. And But still, even in that perspective, you know, 330 calories is almost 10% of what I would be allowed to eat for the day for a single beer. So just some food for thought, you know, for you guys. So those of us out there that really want to be able to enjoy beer, be able to have this in moderation, be able to, you know, and even if you're not a moderation person, you know, even if you, you, you're one of those people that, you know, okay, if I crack open a beer, I'm going to have five, maybe only do it one time a week, you know, just to think about your health in the long run. Cause I'll tell you what, it snuck up on me. Like it was a crazy, you know, I, I was a fat dude for a long time. And, um, it it was, it was just something that I kind of learned to deal with. And then in 2013, you know, it was one of the reasons why I became, I started, I got into powerlifting was because I just was like, all right, I'm never going to be thin, never going to have abs. And in 2013, my sister got married and I was the heaviest I had ever been. And I was, you know, I was huge, you know, just 360, 375 pounds and, uh, actually heavier than that. I think I was like 380 and at the worst I had, I was pretty damn close to 400 pounds and, um, and that actually wasn't the heaviest I've ever been, but that was that particular time. And I just told myself, listen, like we're not doing this anymore. Like we're making a change and in a year, like two years, probably a year and a half, two years, I lost 186 pounds and then I kind of rebuilt myself back up put on a lot of muscle mass that I had lost throughout that 186 pound weight loss and got myself back to where I felt comfortable and uh, was happy with the way that I looked. So not trying to, again, not trying to go off on a fitness rant, just kind of giving you guys an idea of where I'm at. So where I'm at right now is moderation. You know, at this point, I am going to try to keep my beer intake to no more than four brews a week, you know, and it really depends also on how high the alcohol content of those brews is. If I'm going to do a stout or a strong ale or something like that, that might be 15, 18%, then I'll probably cut it back to only three, you know, and I will consider, you know, a 22 ounce bottle or something of that nature, two beers. Whereas most of you are out there probably booing me and going, boo, no, we don't want to hear this. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do this on my own. I don't have, you know, some of my buddies over at uh, the Beer for Thought podcast Shout you guys out, Beer for Thought. Woo! If you guys haven't listened to the Beer for Thought podcast, it's awesome. Go check them out. They are, it's a really cool dynamic because there's four of them, sometimes more. <laughs> and um, forgive me, guys, I don't remember everybody's names off the top of my head, but it's just a cool dynamic because it's four buddies that 
get together, taste different beers, talk about them, have a good time, bust each other's balls, and uh, it's just a really enjoyable, fun podcast to listen to. But they split their beers between four people, sometimes five, sometimes even six, if I recall. I think they had one show where there was like six people on it. And I'm not that. I'm me. <laughs> you know, there every once in a while, like you guys have list, did listen to an episode previously where I had um, Ryan on and uh, both of us shared four beers. But again, it was two of us sharing four beers. And when I had Drew on a couple weeks back, you know, it was literally me and him, him and him in Los Angeles and me over here in Florida. And we were drinking the same beers and we went through four 16 ounce cans in an hour and 45 minute show. So it's me, just me. So I literally like, that's why like right now I'm really nursing this juice above the clouds. I haven't finished this thing yet. I still have a couple swigs left in the bottom of my snifter here. And, uh, but I'm enjoying it, you know? And, and one of the things that I told myself was I said, look, you know, you don't have to slam back a ton of beers. You don't have to chug them to really have an appreciation for good craft beer and to be able to report back to the audience, you know, about those beers. So we got a couple, uh, cool ones coming on the next show, which I'm really excited about. There's been some uh, really cool releases down here in South Florida, so I'm looking forward to getting some reviews out to you guys about those. And definitely that Bomb Atomically from Monkish is on the list, and the the, uh, Double Chocolate Stout from Drew that we talked about earlier that I, of course, now can't think of the name again, and I'm not going to grab the phone and go back through it, but I just appreciate you guys so much. You know, I know this is the first one back after a while. It's been a couple weeks, I think, since I dropped the podcast, and I apologize. I hope you guys are still with me and haven't kind of fallen off the wagon, but um, we are, last time I checked, we were about 27,000 plays, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, obviously, that had fallen off a bit since Drew and I's podcast, and the fact that I haven't put anything new out there kind of caused everything to go a little stagnant, and... um, I don't want to lose all my followers and all my listeners and all you people that are looking forward to the podcast out there. So I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you guys. And I will make an, make a valiant effort despite work and everything else that's going on to at least produce one show per week. My original goal was two, but I think I'm gonna have to cut it back to one more so just because of the drinking. You know, at this point I have to cut back on my drinking in order for me to take my health back. So in order for me to do that, one time a week is going to be a little bit more sustainable for me and it's going to give you guys better content because I'd rather not try to stretch stuff to make it into two episodes and have it be boring and not fun and not have a whole hell of a lot to talk about. Whereas maybe a little bit, one episode, a little bit longer might be a little more fun and a little bit cooler and more enjoyable for you guys to listen to. So I appreciate you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. And this is uh, Luke. Calling All Crab Beer, episode number 15. I'll see you next week.